Charles and Mike Shaw back at you um, talking about music and what you learn by learning music. And uh, today's topic, we're going to talk a little bit about practicing and approaches to practicing. And I, I, if you want, I'll get it started by talking about the way I always practiced. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, well, during the decades that I was a full-time musician touring around playing guitar and singing and then playing piano and singing. Uh, what I focused on was learning new songs because I was playing six nights a week and every night I wanted to do add to my repertoire to keep from one to keep from getting bored and also to uh, continue to to do things that were a little bit different than the previous songs that I had learned and maybe pick up something that I knew my audience would like. I played a lot of songs like from James Taylor and Paul Simon and um, those people, and Billy Joel, and once I converted to piano and the Billy Joel and Elton John, in fact, I joke, I think. So I'd... you'd sit down with the recording. I'm assuming it wasn't a CD player. Um, so were you using a turntable or a cassette? For what, what did well, you use to learn the songs from? Well, I guess there a lot, a lot of things I used, uh, I would hear them on cassette. Okay. And then I'd, you know, write the words down. Okay. And then I could sort of, and I didn't always get the changes correct. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. But I could get changes that sounded right to me. I got okay, okay. <laughs> it sounded good enough to my audiences. Uh, but it sounds I, wonderful. Yeah, but I did everything in my own style. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't try, I wasn't a cover singer or a cover band, uh, you know, the cover band of one. Uh -huh. I, I just learned the song and then I'd do it my own way. So I always had my own style and own approach and I think that's why I worked <laughs> because I wasn't just imitating. Well, is the thing records. I like most about your music, Mike. I mean, you you are it's my you own. Are, you are yourself. It's kind yeah. of the whole goal of music. I think it should be is to you know have your full humanity and personality come out while you're playing or while you're speaking or while you're writing or while you're painting, whatever. I guess. But again, I think that the the again the, my practice strategy was basically to learn more songs and I'd learn them in the key <laughs> that I was going to sing them in. So I knew that particular song in that particular key. Is there a particular strategy that you use or that you teach your students? This is how you're supposed to go. Step one, step two, step three. Well, it's not exactly that. You know, students always want that. They come to you and they say, I'll do anything to play like you or to play good or I want this to be my life. Can you just tell me exactly how many minutes I should spend on my scales and how many minutes I should do on my repertoire and how many minutes on my ear training, etc. And you can't really answer that question except for the most general way, which is not necessarily useful. And what I'm finding fascinating right now, Mike, is the way you describe your practice, because we've talked about this before, is a little different than you did before. And it's so in line with what I think is the difference for most people, not that you have the answer, everyone practices differently, but I was really lucky to meet this teacher, this is why we named the episode this, uh, Dr. Ruth McDonald, when I went to, went to uh, Georgia State for classical music because I couldn't get into Georgia Tech for computers. Um, she, she understood me right away, you know, a little 18 year old punk, really, you know. <laughs> 
Um, it's not that I didn't love music, but um, I just wasn't where I thought my passion would end up. Anyway, um, there's lots of things she taught me, but one that has always rings out is why she said that thing, hope is not a practice strategy. Even now, I can see her in my mind and her face and the sound of her voice saying that. It was like she rang a bell on me. You know, um, I was working on Beethoven's Sonata that she assigned, and she was trying to get me to improve, you know, my productivity and, and practice better, you know. And so I'm trying really hard. So I come in for the lesson. She says, okay, Kevin, um, tell me what you accomplished and learned this week in your practicing. And I very confidently says, well, Miss uh, Dr. McDonald, I, I played the Sonata 10 times every day. I kept a record of it. When I put checkbox, I did this every day this week, including today, I've played it 70 times. She says, okay, cool, yeah, what did you, that's great, but what did you accomplish? And I'm like, uh, I played it 70 times. <laughs> what do you mean? She said, no, yeah, I, I understand that, but in playing it 70 times, what, what did you learn? And I said, well, I hope it's better. And then she says, with a, a very nice, like, caring sigh, she was very nervous. She says, oh, oh, Kevin, hope is not a practice strategy. <laughs> and she's right. You know, and we have all these things about people practicing for eight hours a day and stuff, which there is a time and place for that, right? But it's not, it's not, the, it's not the amount of hours that matters. It's the quality, as they say. But it's, it's what are you accomplishing? You can't just do it over and over and expect to get better. That, all of the things I've learned to teach people about practicing are things that help me not quit music because I feel like everything came to me so in such a hard way. I had to struggle for everything I do in music. But a lot of that struggle was just because I was practicing things the hardest way ever, repeating it over and over and over and over and then becoming dispirited because I wasn't making progress. Oh, poor me. I'm not talented, that kind of junk, you know. Um, so, you know, I just try to give students, whether they're college or, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients, that just try to give them something that, uh, something they can practice for, you know, one period, one week. Mm -hmm. one day that they can solve right then and experience a win-win. And I think when you practice that way, it's, it creates like momentum. You're like you kind of can't wait to solve the next thing. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the kind of the approach is you take something that you're doing where you realize you need, it's a stumbling block or whatever, and you solve that problem. You practice enough to solve that problem. Yeah, Ruth, Dr. McDonald, she, she, she always said... Um, well, first step is to figure out what you can do. Mm -hmm. And then fix that. And I would sometimes show up for a lesson. We would only work on like two measures in the middle of a piece. And early on, I was thinking, well, what about the rest of the piece? When you fix that, it fixes everything else. It's, it's been my experience. I mean, everyone practices a little different or a lot different. But this basic difference, which is why I was responding so well to what you said about you practicing, is, is the ones who seem to do better, they, they practice with a specific purpose. Yeah, I call it I call it active practicing versus mm -hmm. passive, and you're you're I, I like your organization method. I do that with some students. Like, you just wanted to learn a song, so you learned it. You know whether you learned it or not. Either you could play and remember the words, or you couldn't. Mm -hmm. Then you went to the next song. I mean, that's practice with purpose. I think that's great. Well, listen, listen. I've been, I've been a professional musician for thirty five years. Love it. It's a joy and pleasure. I get to do this. You know, um, I still take lessons. 
my first advice to everyone is you want to learn to play, take lessons. And they're like, well, what about YouTube? I'm, no, nothing wrong with YouTube. It's just that person on the other side of the screen doesn't know you and can't present the information that you need. I, mean, I find with most of my adult learners, they're always consuming um, online content that's way above their heads. And then they're, stru- they're frustrated that they can't, they can't make progress with it. Can't execute it. So I guess if I was going to make it, and we don't, to be clear, listeners, we don't have like a list of five things that we were going to, that we're going to say, we're making this up right now, which, because we want this to be organic, just like music. Um, so I guess the first thing I would say is, you know, you want to get better, take lessons from someone that teaches well and that you relate to, you know. Um, it's, it's unbelievable how useful it is to have another person coach you i mean tiger woods had a coach while he was at the top of his game mm-hmm. i think this is true for all disciplines i don't know how that works with writers T- tell me something about um like your because you're i mean you know i really admire your writing i've hired you um tell me what that process is like like learning to be a writer and how to practice that stuff i taught a class last week to a, a group of about 20 adults all of whom are working on something, either their own memoir or they're writing a cookbook or they're writing a self-help book of some kind. It's something they've gotten into in retirement. They're not writers by trade. Uh, They're writers by desire. And uh, so they want to know, how do I get better at this? And so, you know, um, I think you told me once, it's like that you read something and somebody said, you need to write every day, just like you need to practice. Yeah, is, it, piano is that something every day. you believe in? I, I, I guess I do. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of work as a writer. Mm-hmm. So I have one major client that I, I write every day. Some days uh, so, I write so when you were, for seven when or you, eight hours. You, so you, you have been writing every day, yes. just for money. Yes. I mean, it's the same for musicians. Like, yeah. if I was if I wasn't working, I would still play every day. <laughs> but I count. You know, I go out to jam sessions. This is one of the reasons I believe in jam sessions. As terrible as the music can be at them, you're still you're immersed in playing. You're part of the community. You know, it's it's part of those things. So, talking to people about their writing, I try to tell them. Well, first of all, one of the best ways to become a better writer is to read great writing. I mean, especially if you want to be like a novelist. So, you know, read Faulkner or Hemingway or Steinbeck or today's genius, to my mind, is uh, number one novelist of the day is Cormac McCarthy. Oh, wow, yeah. Now, if you can get through the first few, I remember one of his, the first book I picked up that I read of Cormac McCarthy's was a book called Sutri about a brilliant guy who was a total 'er ne'er-do-well lived in a ramshackle old uh, hut down by the by the river and just didn't want to do anything. Uh-huh. Did, didn't want to be productive in any, any way, but he was naturally a brilliant guy. Totally screwed up life, etc. But uh, I'll never forget, and now I have a master's degree in English. I've been writing for my, you know, for 50 years, whatever. So I've got a pretty good handle on vocabulary I'll never forget in the first three pages of that book that there were like 10 words I had to look up that I had never seen before so his vocabulary is enormous in addition to stringing those words together in a way that provides tremendous meaning but um, 
So at any rate, yes, you have to write a lot. Uh, you know, to bringing it back to music, one of my favorite quotes is from Vladimir Horwitz, right. who said, if I don't practice for one day, I can tell the difference. If I don't practice for two days, my wife can tell the difference. And if I don't practice for three days, my audience can tell the difference. <laughs> I, you know, I do find this relationship between all the arts is the same. Uh, I think I mentioned that book uh, by Brenda Eulen, If If You Want to Write, which is about creative mm -hmm. writing. I've gotten so much out of that book that helped me not only as a musician, but as a teacher. Um, there's another book, it's kind of odd, that I got a lot of out of that's really related to that hope is not a practice strategy. You, it's the most unlikely book, especially if you could see what I physically look like. It's called Building Strength by Mark Ripito. It's a weightlifting book. <laughs> but it, it's, it's an older book. It's classic, I've been told. Um, what I like about the book is he explains in great detail exactly how to plan how to build muscle and strength. Um, and he explains it very carefully that if you just lift the same weight over and over every day, you're not going to make any progress. You mm -hmm. might make progress the first day and then you won't. So you have to calculate what the, the perfect weight is for you for that day and then slowly increase it over time. He has these charts explaining how it works and everything. He also has a little second where he talks about if you try to lift, if you try to lift way too much at first, it doesn't help at all. And this is just like music, man. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to play the hardest thing in the world, um, you might pull it together and be able to kind of play it, but it's not going to really help, you know. And if you're just repeating something over and over that you want to get better, that's not necessarily going to get better. you got to figure out where the where the problem is and add to it. Yeah. I, it's an odd book. I've recommended it to a student before it came out kind of good. It's on the shelf behind me over here, as a matter of fact. Right there, a blue cover. It's uh, I you know, there's these books about other topics. They're they're, they're it's I think learning is learning. I always find it ironic, Mike, that for some reason I don't know the reasons of this, but for some reason in music, people are more likely to abandon all the other ways they've learned things. You know, the way we learn everything, it's the mm -hmm. same thing. You've, you've got to learn to uh, to speak a language. You don't just say it over and over. You, you learn some verbs. You learn some nouns. You learn some phrases. Yes, you have to listen to them talking too, so you have a good accent and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But you, you don't just sit there and repeat a Spanish poem over and over and over and over. And, and think you know Spanish. Yeah, which is why I did. And I, I use it as an example because I took, I took a year of, of Spanish in high school and made A's. Mm -hmm. um, but all I did was memorize everything. Yeah. I still remember the, the, uh, the poem I had to recite as a, uh, for like the final project. I have not. I don't want to know what it means because I use it as an analogy. I have no idea what it means, and just because I can say it is not speaking Spanish. Over time, I bet all those words have drifted. It might become complete, <laughs> utter nonsense now. But of course, it drifted because I didn't know what the words really meant. You, you know, know? An another aspect of of. Uh of this, of getting better, I guess, mm -hmm. of practicing and getting better. Another aspect is listening. And mm -hmm. I know that, um, you know, just like I say, you, to, you want to get, you want to be a better writer, read good writing. Mm -hmm. uh, listening. Yeah. Will help you. I mean, that, will that, improve. That, that's one of my things. We're, we're, we're approaching a, a number five list. That's good. Yes. So number one was? 
get a teacher. Get a teacher. Right? Number two, we're going to say listen to great music. I tell people all this. If you practice for an hour, listen to music for an hour. And then they'll say, what music? Tell me what we're going to say. Music that gives you goosebumps. And when you get tired of that, go find some more music that gives you goosebumps. But there's no end to music. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to mariachi right now. It's blowing my mind how good it is. Seriously. I also tell them that they need to play every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason we call it playing music. You don't play medicine. You don't play law. Um, I don't, I guess you don't write as its own word. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. We don't, I never thought you don't we, play writing, and we and we don't music music. <laughs> yes, right. You write writing. That's interesting. I never thought of that, but we we definitely play play music. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be fun, and not in the 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 dumbest way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like frolic, like joyful. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great thing to do. It you know. And I think you need to do that every day. So and then I think uh, also somewhere in there. One and a half, two and a half, maybe it's number four now, uh-huh. is that where you talked about solving, finding where you have a, a stumbling block or a problem and solving that problem uh, as, a, as a practice strategy. My three things are uh, listen to great music every day, play great music every day, and only then practice to solve problems. To me, all the great musicians I've been privileged to know, both when they were young, like maybe prodigies, I got to coach a little bit. They all do this. I'll do all three all the time, you know, as opposed to this myth of that, that you need to practice, you know, 10 hours every day. Of scales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's just great. If you practice eight hours a day, it's great if you're actually getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. But if you're just repeating stuff over and over for eight hours... You're just working on your your path to the insane asylum, I think. It's like that analogy you drew to weightlifting, where Mm -hmm. if you just lift the same amount every day and and never add to it, you're not not going anywhere. That's just hoping. That's hoping. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And as we know, hope is not a practice. Right, yeah. Well, this is fun, Mike. I um. We, I don't know if we actually came up with the number five list, but who cares? You know, <laughs> right. um, I do think it's good if you're a musician to spend time talking to other musicians about practice and how you do it and having a coach tell you to do it because it's an organic thing. There's, I'm still learning new practice things from students even after all these years. And it's, 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 it's fun.